0: to John chapter 8, John chapter 8, we want to read at verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now turn, if you will, to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. Verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua... And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. Verse 10 And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth. Let's stop reading there and look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we... Thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that you have been faithful to give us your word. And not only give us your word, but give us your spirit to teach it to us. To take the things of Christ and to explain them to us. So that we know exactly what we believe and why we believe it. We pray that you would remind us of these things tonight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our recent messages, we've been thinking about two words in John chapter 8 and verse 31. They are, my word. My word. If you continue in my word. And we've said that if we're going to continue in his word then we're going to have to be clear in our minds and we're going to have to be resolved in our hearts that we have the Word of God. It has to be a conviction. Wednesday night, we talked about these verses here in Judges chapter 2. And the danger of a generation arising in this church that has conformed to the convictions of the current leadership without having those convictions. They've conformed to the teaching that the King James Bible is the inspired, infallible, inerrant, and preserved Word of God. And I want you to think about that teaching for just a minute tonight. What is the teaching that we're talking about? Well, to begin with, I think it's summed up very well by Dr. D.A. Waite in his book, Defending the King James Bible. Dr. Waite says, The words of the Textus Receptus, the received Greek text, and the Mesoretic Hebrew text from which the King James Bible was translated, are the very words of God, which God has preserved down through the centuries. The exact words of the originals themselves. And folks, there is a mathematical principle that applies here. And that is that things equal to the same thing are equal. Therefore, we believe and we teach. And it is our conviction that the King James Bible is the inspired, the preserved, the inerrant, the infallible Word of God. I believe this is the only Bible that follows the pattern of I've been searching for the words, but what I sort of came up with is the pattern of all the internal proofs that we find here in the Word of God. It's the only one that follows the pattern of Psalm 68 and verse 11. I'd like to ask you to to turn over there, if you will, to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, and look at verse 11. The Lord gave the word. The Lord gave the word. That is inspiration. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. The word it is singular. There were not multiple versions of the Word of God. There was one Word of God. And please notice that this verse does not say, The Lord gave the Word, great was the company of those that edited it. That's what every one of these new modern versions of the Bible have done. But not the King James Bible. The one imperative, the one commitment of the translators of the King James Bible was to translate the text word for word without injecting any of their own wisdom, any of their private interpretations. Their commitment was to translate it word for word and publish it. And so this great company... Forty-seven men who worked on the translation of the King James Bible published the word that the Lord gave, just as he gave it. They didn't add to it or take away from it or change it. They followed the pattern of Psalm 68 and verse 11. The other internal evidence or internal proof that we find in Scripture is God's plan to put His Word in in one place, if you will. So that man's not left to decide where and what the Word of God is by his own wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 9 we read, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And then verse 10 says, but when that which is perfect is come, when that, singular, which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Dr. Henry Morris has a, an interesting note on these verses. He points out that verse 9 is a reference to the incompleteness of the divine revelation at that point in time. And so the words, that which is perfect, is a reference to the completion of the Word of God. The completion, the the, the completeness that took place in Revelation chapter 22. And when that which is perfect was come and God closed the revelation, He gave the very clear and plain warning against adding to and taking away from the words of the book of this prophecy. And God brought this word together in one place, the Mesoretic Hebrew Old Testament text and the received Greek text, the Textus Receptus, both of which are the fulfillment of Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. And it's from the Masoretic Hebrew Old Testament text. And the Textus Receptus that the King James is translated as though our King James Bible fits this internal proof. And so it is that which is perfect, which God said would come. The other internal proof is in the book of Jude in verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And where do we find the faith which was once delivered unto the saints? In that which is perfect that is come. The King James Bible. This is what the current generation of leaders, this is their conviction at this church. And when we talk about the next generation, we aren't talking about a generation that is lost. We talked about that generation Wednesday night. We're talking about a generation that is saved the next generation, a younger generation that brought their King James Bible to church, memorized verses from the King James Bible, maybe even taught from it. A generation that has gone along with the leadership of this church and its stand. And it looks like they have a biblical conviction, the same biblical conviction that the leadership has. But the danger is They may not. Because what appeared to be a conviction when the leadership that believed the King James Bible is the Word of God was here. Was just conformity. And when that influence is replaced, or retired, or dead, when that authority is gone, then the next generation will be as this generation was let loose, set free. What they considered to be the old fashioned bands and cords that bound them and restricted their freedom from doing what they wanted to do. We wonder how this can happen. Well, one of the ways this can happen is through associations with churches and ministries and schools. To take no stand for the King James Bible. In our last two messages, we talked about Pastor Brian Sams and his program of teaching pastors how to transition their churches uh, away from the King James Bible to these other versions. His preferred version, if I understood what he said, Seems to be the English Standard Version. I'd like for you to remember that for something that we'll mention a little later in this message. Wednesday night, we looked in detail at the steps of his program. And I think the steps of his program, as we mentioned Wednesday night, can be summarized in one word incrementalism, one of the serpent's favorite tools that allows a church to go from fundamentalism to liberalism. From the King James Bible to these other versions without even knowing that they've made the trip. Tonight we want to think about another example of how the deception concerning the King James Bible can work. One of the speakers at this year's Educators' Convention it was held just a couple of weeks ago, was Carrie Schmidt, the senior pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut. On September 27th, the opening day of the convention, early that morning, 4.59 a.m. to be exact, David Cloud's email for that day that Brother Jed and others received came. It was entitled, Carrie Schmidt, More Contemporary Fruit of Lancaster. And of course, it was of interest to Brother Jed because he knew that Pastor Schmidt was going to be one of the speakers at the convention that was to begin later that day. And what David Cloud's article revealed is that Pastor Schmidt came to Emanuel Baptist Church after serving 22 years at Lancaster Baptist Church in Lancaster, California. And maybe they pronounce it Lancaster. Uh, being an old South Carolina boy, we call it Lancaster. That church is pastored by Paul Chapel is producing large numbers of contemporary churches through the influence of the graduates of West Coast Baptist College and those who are associated with Pastor Chapel and former staff members of the church and school. Pastor Schmidt came to Emanuel Baptist Church in 2012 David Cloud points out that since his arrival there, he's transitioned Emanuel Baptist from a fundamentalist stance to a contemporary one. The music at Emmanuel Baptist is contemporary. Praise and worship music. As a fairly substantial amount of the music at the convention was this year. They apparently have a singing group called Emanuel Worship that was formed in 2015. I guess that is the equivalent of a choir. You can go on their website, EBCnewington.com. They have a very good website, by the way. Very easy to navigate and you can check out the music for yourself. In 2017, as David Cloud reported, Emmanuel hosted a Steve Green concert. Steve Green is a rocker. He's an ecumenist. And he is a bridge to the broader church And what is meant by that term broader church, I think, is defined by one of Steve Green's songs. The song is entitled, Let the Walls Come Down. I want to read you some of the lyrics. Walls not born of government nor strife amid the nations, but walls within our churches and between denominations. Stones of dry tradition carved in fear and laid in pride become a dismal prison to those withering inside. And the chorus is, let the walls come down. Let the walls come down. Let the walls that divide us and hide us come down. If in Christ we agree, let us seek unity. Let the walls Let the walls come down. Let the walls, let the walls come down. Steve Green is indeed a bridge to this mentality, this ecumenical mentality. That song could be the theme song of the ecumenical new evangelical movement. Let the walls of doctrine that divide us come down. And let's find unity. Let's find common ground on the things that we agree on. This is what Carrie Schmidt has brought to Emanuel Baptist Church from Lancaster Baptist Church and West Coast Baptist College. And frankly, it's what that church and school are exporting to the detriment of Bible-believing churches all over this country as they are transitioned from fundamentalism to liberalism, new evangelicalism. And music is not the only area where Pastor Schmidt is transitioning his church. If you click on the Discover Manual section of their website, by the way, that's if you click on that, that's kind of the gateways, the drop-down menu, and you can look at, Various things, including the music there. But if you click on Discover a Manual, and you come down to the section Vision and Beliefs in the drop-down menu, and you click on it, and then you scroll down to where it says, Click here for a summary of our biblical beliefs. You'll come to what they call their Statement of Beliefs. And the very first thing that you'll see is a heading called the Bible. And this is what it says. We believe the Bible to be the word of God. We believe the Bible is inspired and preserved by God and that it is perfect and true. We use the authorized version of the Bible in all our ministries. And the scriptures that you'll find on the website are from The authorized version. And then that statement is followed by a list of Bible verses. Just the reference is given. The first one is Psalm 12, 6, and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And then 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Then 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And finally, Second Peter 1, 19 through 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Now, we want to think about this belief that Emanuel Baptist Church states that it has concerning the Bible. And I want to begin by saying that the Bible verses that they give are excellent verses. Excellent verses concerning the Word of God and its inspiration and preservation. That's not my problem with their statement. My problem is with the language that they use. We believe the Bible to be the Word of God. We believe the Bible is inspired and preserved by God and that it is perfect and true. That term, the Bible, is a generic term. It's it's a generic term that could refer to any Bible version. Oh, but you say it goes on to say that we use the authorized version. Well, there are three words there. The first one is use, use. After that first statement about inspiration and preservation, they had an opportunity to state the Bible that they believe is the inspired and preserved word of God. And they could have done that with just one word. And that is the word believe. Instead of saying, we use, they could have said, we believe the authorized version is the inspired and preserved word of God. And therefore, it is the Bible that we use in all of our ministries. But they don't say that. Instead, they put the word use. There is no conviction in that word use. And that wording is an example of something Pastor Kelly used to talk about from time to time. And that is that it's not always about what people say. It's what they don't say that you need to be aware of. And what they don't say is that they believe the authorized version is the inspired and preserved word of God. That brings me to another point. And it might make me a nitpicker. That's okay. I've certainly been called worse than that. But their use of the term authorized version is another example of what they don't say. The authorized version is another name for the King James. And it's referred to that way because it was authorized by King James I. But how many people know that means the King James Bible when somebody says the authorized version? To me, using that terminology hides the name of the Bible that you say you're using. And it makes the the, the King James Bible sound like just another version. The authorized version. No different than the New International Version or the English Standard Version or the New American Standard Version. The Authorized Version is just one among many other versions. But there's something else that reveals, I believe, really reveals their attitude toward the King James Bible. If you go back and and you click on Discover Emmanuel... And you scroll down, they have a section called what to expect. What to expect when you come to church there. And if you go over to the third column, you'll see this heading. We speak English. And this is what it says in this section. We worship Jesus, study the Bible, and encourage each other in simple terms, you'll be able to connect to your daily life. We believe and teach what the Bible actually says and why it matters. That, that, you'll find, is in bold type. We believe and teach what the Bible actually says and why it matters. No pointless traditions, no archaic languages, no droning or Irrelevant lectures. I hope that's not a description of typical preaching. I hope that's not their view of the typical preaching of the Word of God. God says that it pleased him by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And if if that is their description and, uh, toward preaching, no droning or irrelevant lectures, then the preaching in their services will get less and less, and the praise and worship will become more and more. No archaic languages, no droning or irrelevant lectures, no pious arrogance. We open the Bible and apply it to real life in the 21st century. Now, I believe this whole section from the title, we speak plain English. To the words, encourage each other in simple terms. Simple terms, you'll be able to connect to your daily life. To the words, no archaic languages or a subtle attack on the King James Bible. The inference to me is that the King James Bible is not written in plain English. It isn't written in simple terms that you can connect to your daily life. And the reason is that it is written in archaic, antiquated, obsolete, and outdated language. It's this section of their website that reveals their real heart, their real attitude, that reveals what they don't say under their statement of belief concerning the Bible. But there's more. In David Cloud's email, he mentions that this year, Carrie Schmidt joined Brian Sams. At the Church Advanced Conference, Brian Sams is the man that we've been talking about who is teaching pastors how to transition away from the King James Bible. We've talked about him and and his program in our last couple of messages. I believe that Pastor Schmidt is caught up in this movement. I say that based on two things. The first one is what we've just read from his church's website. It's subtle but obvious running down. It's subtle but obvious attack on the King James Bible. The second thing is something that took place at the convention. When Pastor Schmidt read the scripture from which he was preaching, He read it from the King James Bible. But his explanation or his interpretation of the text that he read from the King James Bible was from the English Standard Version. Brother Jed picked up on this. Because he was warned ahead of time by David Cloud's email, he was able to pull up that scripture from the ESV, remember... Pastor Sam's, that's his, Brian Sam's, that's his preferred version. Brother Jed was able to pull up the ESV on his phone and confirm. That is what Kerry Schmidt read from for his explanation. Based on these things, I believe that Pastor Schmidt is part of this transition movement away from the King James Bible. And here's the thing several teachers have told me that what he said in his message was a blessing. I'm sure it was. That what he said in his message was an encouragement. But the danger lies in what he didn't say. And now as a result of his exposure at the educators' convention, he may get invitations to come and speak at Some of the churches that were represented there. Perhaps even be recruited to come and pastor one of the larger churches. This is how liberalism, this is how error spreads. This is the subtlety of the deception of our day. And the only way not to be drawn into this deception is John eight thirty one and 32. If ye continue in my word. And the conviction of the leadership of this church is that we have God's word in the King James Bible. If ye continue in my word, ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we pray that you would take the things that have been said tonight and use them. Use them as a warning. Use them as an example of the perilous times of the last days the perilous times of the last days when deception will be rampant everywhere. Even among those who name the name of Christ. We pray that you would help this church to remain faithful to you. If we have to stand alone, We pray that you would help us to be faithful to stand for you and to stand for your word and to give it out without compromise and without apology. We thank you that that has been the testimony of this church since its beginning. And we pray that it might continue to be until you come. And we ask it in Jesus' name.